James chapter 4 and verse 10. The writer declares unto us, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall, and he shall lift you up. Let's lift our hands all across the house and thank him for his presence and his power. And pray that his word can go forth with a fresh anointing. God, I thank you again tonight for your love, for your mercy, your goodness, and your kindness. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for what you've already done. But I am praying, God, that you will work in a great and a mighty way. And we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. And if you promise you'll help me preach, you may be seated in Jesus' name. James begin in the fourth chapter and the eighth verse. And he said in that particular verse, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I sense a hunger in this house tonight. I sense uh, that there are individuals in this house uh, that wants a closer walk with God. Uh, let me tell you here tonight, uh, the word said just draw nigh to God uh, and he will draw nigh to you. Uh, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, uh, and purify your hearts, uh, ye double-minded. Uh, I would to God that somebody uh, would lay it all on the altar here tonight. Uh, I would to God that somebody uh, that's not where they need to be uh, would make up their mind. Uh, God, uh, I'm going to give it all to you this evening. Uh, God, uh, whatever it takes, uh, I'm not leaving uh, without your divine will uh, done in my life. Uh, and purify your hearts, uh, ye double-minded. Uh, I would to God uh, that somebody uh, would make up their mind. Uh, I'm going to live for God. Uh, Come hell or high water. I'm tired of straddling the fence. I'm tired of being less than what God wants me to be. Philippians chapter 2 and verse, I believe it's verse 8, declares unto us, Christ humbled himself and came obedient unto the cross. What is the cross? It's a place where we die out to ourselves. I wonder what would happen in each and every one of us here tonight if we would willingly allow the cross to come into our life uh, and perform within us uh, that which it did, uh, even with the Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I understand that the word tells me uh, in the book of Psalms 139 uh, and 23. Uh, if you'd be so kind, get that on the screen for me uh, because I would like for us, uh, oh God, uh, to read this 
and pray this together. 139 and verse 23. Would you read it with me? Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know what God wants to do here tonight? He wants to give us a clean heart, a pure mind, and a godly attitude. My God, change us. God, transform us into your likeness. Would somebody say it? Search me, O Lord. Search me, O Lord. Search me, O Lord. James 5 and 16 states unto us, confess your faults one to another. Boy, it got quiet there, didn't it? It's a shame and a disgrace when you cannot confide in a saint of God. Something that may be going on in your life or something that you're being troubled by. I would to God that every one of us would understand here tonight. None of us are perfect except in Christ Jesus. There are things that are going on in the lives of many of us that nobody knows anything else about. Come on, somebody. My God, I have preached for preachers who were committing adultery. I preached for preachers that have had painkillers in their lives that they come on church and yet we walk in here and we act like everything is all together but I feel in the Holy Ghost that God has walked in here and brought us a revival where when we walk out of here we're going to be closer to him than we were how's that going to be when we confess our faults one to another and pray ye one for another draw nigh draw nigh draw nigh to God back in the month of February There was a prayer meeting that broke out in Kentucky. I really don't care what you think about it. My question is, why hasn't it happened among us apostolics? And don't say a word about it unless you've been doing it. Somebody say, Brother Sherry, they didn't have all the truth. Well, I want to tell somebody, a prayer meeting's a good place to find it. My God, somebody help me here. I wonder what would happen at IBC 
if some of our young people uh, would get a burden down deep that said, uh, I want to draw closer to God. Uh, I wonder what would happen uh, this semester uh, if some of them would say, my uh, God, I ain't leaving here uh, until I touch God. I found it rather amazing that we had folks that were saying in some of the revivals that I was preaching, they said, I'd like to go to Asbury. I want to ask you, why would you go to Asbury when you won't pray in your prayer room? Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to be bad. In fact, I'm glad to see that a prayer room has grown in this church. Whatever you're doing, pastor, keep it up. I said keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Why do I say that? Because in many of our churches, our prayer rooms have become obsolete. We are worried about the music being just right. And the lighting being just right. And the electronics being just so. And I'm not against that. But it will never supersede prayer. I said it will never supersede prayer. You want this church to have revival? I'm giving you the key here tonight. Woo! May we get back to the prayer room as never before and weep and cry between the altar and get a hold of the horns thereof and say, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. I'm preaching about drawing nigh unto God. We as apostolics have allowed the presence of God to become common to us. Many of us feel more of God in one service than 95% of the church world feels in their lifetime. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we are concerned about so many things. And yet, if we're not careful, uh, we miss out on the most important thing uh, that we can do. Uh, but I come to tell somebody uh, that position uh, and prayer room uh, go together. Uh, I'm telling somebody uh, that revival uh, and a prayer room go together. Uh, I'm telling somebody, uh, forget everything else. Uh, but God, uh, let us find time uh, to seek your face uh, on an individual level uh, and allow God uh, to work in our lives uh, and in our churches. How many times have I have I slipped in to a church and and our singers only want to show when it's their time. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then slip out before the preacher ever preaches. Don't do your pastor that way. Well, somebody help me. I said, don't do your pastor that way. If he has brought you thus far and God has saved you, then it is a disgrace and an honor to the man of God for you just to show up and show your talent and ability. I'm telling somebody, I don't know about you, but I want a move of God in my life. I don't know about you, but I want God to talk to me in this revival. By the time this thing is over, I want to be changed Bishop, I want somebody to speak to me. I want the power of God to change me. Draw nigh, draw nigh, draw nigh to God. First Chronicles chapter 13 and verse 3. And let us bring again the ark. Of our God to us. For we inquired not at it in the days of how can you reign for 50 years? And the presence of God not matter. I have a dear friend, he said, I went to preach for a fellow pastor. He said, I got to my motel room, Bishop. And he said, I was there walking around and the phone rang. And I picked up the phone and the pastor said, Brother, I've had an emergency in my church and there's a man they've rushed to the hospital that needs the touch of God in his life and on his life now would you go with me and he said I said sure I'll go and he said I hung up that phone and he said I noticed there on the cabinet where the phone was there was a Gideon Bible And he said, that Gideon Bible, when I reached down and picked it up, it had dust on it. And he said, I thought, everybody that's been in this room ain't been no need. We on vacation. We working. Everything's going well. And he said, I laid it back down. And the pastor picked me up. We got to the hospital and it was such a serious nature that they would only allow one to go back and pray for the man. And he said, I looked him in the eye and said, I'll go down to the chapel and I'll pray while you go. And he said, I, I got down there to that chapel and he said, I walked up to the front and laying there on a little altar was another Gideon Bible. 
But he said on that Gideon Bible, there were still tear stains. There was somebody that needed God, and they needed him now. Woo! In the motel, they were just on vacation. Everything was just right. But in that hospital chapel, there was somebody that needed God and needed him now. Let me tell somebody, living for God is an everyday thing. You got to stay close to him because I don't ever know when I'm going to need him. But when I need him, I want to know he's there. I want him to... God, I'm preaching to somebody. Uh, there is a time, uh, and it's now uh, that we draw nigh uh, unto God. If we are not careful, there will be a spirit of Saul that gets a hold of us. There's no doubt you have a call. There's no doubt you have talent. There's no doubt that God wants to use you mightily. But if we're not careful, we become self-sufficient within ourselves. And Saul found himself going to the witch of Endor to try to find God. I want to tell somebody here tonight, you'll never find him in the wrong places. But I am telling somebody that he's here tonight. And tonight, God is calling this church and God is calling us to draw nigh unto him. Hear me, church family, how many souls die an untimely death simply because they refused to seek after the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I gotta have him. I don't know about you, but I gotta have him in this revival. I gotta draw nigh. I need him more than I've ever needed him tonight. Lift your hands all across this house. Matthew 5 and 6 said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall, they shall, be filled. 
Jesus looked at his disciples in St. Luke chapter 24 and 49 and said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I'm telling somebody, if you'll get hungry and make your way to your Jerusalem, you won't leave here disappointed on this Sunday night because it's the will of God that he desires to pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled, and it filled, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled. They were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Fill us, God. Fill us, God. Fill us, God. My dear old bishop, he said, I remember when I was a kid. My family didn't go to church. And when we did, we would go to a denominal church. He said, now my dear old grandmother, it would have had to been back in probably the 20s or 30s, went to a Methodist church. And they shouted and danced. There's something wrong when we allow someone else. And she said, he said that she told them, we get excited and we talk in a goose language. Oh God. That's more than what some people. If you're afraid to talk in tongues in church, you ain't Pentecostal. Somebody help me here. Woo, come on, somebody. Let me just tell us again, remind us, when folks show up in a Pentecostal church, uh, they want to see Pentecost uh, on display. We're going to shout. Uh, we're going to dance. Uh, we're going to sing loud. Uh, we're going to pray for the sick. Uh, and we're going to talk in tongues uh, when the Holy Ghost uh, gets on us. And he said, he said that, that denominal church that we'd go to, 
He said, I went to one time. He said, I was 11, 12 years old, and they got singing, I got singing. and You know how they do sometimes those country churches. If you can sing, they'll let you. And he said, one dear old lady in the church looked at the pastor and said, that young man can sing. Why don't you let him sing tonight? Bishop Haynes said, they, they asked me to come up. He said, I didn't know no gospel songs. He said, the only thing I knew was country and old folk song. He said, I started singing a song that was entitled All Around the Water Tank. And he said, the bad problems is TJ, it had 10 verses. <laughs> and he said, I sung to them folks every verse there was and tried to do it again. And he said, they never asked me to sing no more. <laughs> he said, I went from there, got married, me and my little old wife, we went to Assembly of God Church. And he said, I repented of my sins. And he said, I got baptized. And he said, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of talking in other tongues. We believed in that at that time. And he said, I, I felt like that God had called me to preach. And I started evangelizing some. And he said, as my custom was, I'd go inside that church where I was preaching and I'd just walk the aisles and walk that church and cry out to God. He said, one afternoon in, in one of the revivals there as I was walking around, there was a picture of Jesus hanging on the wall. And he said, I, I was crying out to God and talking to him. And he said, I come by that picture on the wall. And he said, when I did, it came alive. And he said, he said, it began to talk to me. And he said, Jesus extended his hand in that picture and said, why is it you'll do everything in my name but baptism? Oh, come on, don't look at me like I'm strange. Don't look at me like I said the picture came alive. I believe it came alive. I want to tell somebody, God will do whatever it takes uh, to reveal truth unto you uh, if you're willing uh, to draw nigh unto him. My God, can I get an amen in this house? Brother St. Clair, he said something got a hold of me. And he said, I found a man a couple of days later uh, that took me to the water uh, and baptized me uh, in the precious name uh, of Jesus. Uh, I don't know what you need here tonight. But I do know uh, that he's in the house. Uh, I do know uh, that he's willing to do uh, whatever it takes uh, for you to know uh, the truth of who he is.
Last year we ended this revival on a Wednesday night. Brother Nate Jordan's wife and son got baptized. And about six weeks later, your pastor called me and said that Brother Nate Jordan went down. He said, Brother Shepherd, I put him down in Jesus' name. And he came up saying, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. I wonder here tonight if I could get some honest people that would stand to their feet. Do whatever you gotta do. But my God say, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Lift your hands all across this house. Feel the Holy Ghost. I'm waiting, folks. If I had a need here tonight, I'd run to this front and I'd throw up my arms. All hail the power of Jesus' name. <laughs> Somebody needs the Holy Ghost. Come on. Somebody needs to repent of their sin. Somebody needs to go down in His name. The water is ready. <laughs> God's just waiting on you to lift up your hands. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Would you crown Him Lord of all? Would you crown him Lord of Lords and King of Kings in your life here tonight? Does anybody need healing? Does anybody need deliverance? Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church family. <laughs> Shut the shut the 
Come on, church family. Reach over and lay your hand on folk and pray for them. Husband and wife. Brother to brother. Sister to sister. Oh, may God. Obey God, obey God, obey God. Have it home. <laughs> You're worthy of it all. For <laughs> from you are all things. To you are all things. Lord, you deserve. You deserve. All this house desiring a move of God let's don't move it miss it come on <laughs> 